Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 18th of September 2012. For newcomers, I always suggest at the kickoff of the broadcast that you should help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see a bunch of sites listed there. These are the official sites. They all carry audios for free downloads where I go through the histories of the big societies that are really all one today that formed this system called the New World Order and caused wars in order to get towards the goal of a world order, cause a crisis and offer the solution, which is total integration run by a global government, of course, with themselves at the top and the money boys at the very, very top because these were the guys who came up with the idea in the first place. So help yourself to the audios. Remember, to all those sites listed have transcripts for prints up as well in English of a lot of the talks I've given, and you can go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. And remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on guests as advertisers or ex-CIA guys. I don't think there's things ex-CIA or ex-FBI or ex-anything at the government level. They're all under official secret sites, so they can't just go on radio shows and, and prattle off about anything at all, or they'd be in trouble, obviously. And those laws are definitely enforced. So I just stick to the basic facts, show you the history books, and show you that it's an open conspiracy, as H.G. Wells called it, and it's always been an open conspiracy. And you have to go into the earlier books, starting in the 1800s, early 1900s, to see uh, how it was all planned, because they really thought those at the top who controlled the, the, the basically the, the systems of the first world countries, the whole financial systems, political systems, and the war industry, of course, they really thought that it was time to, that the public would accept a global government with them in charge uh, and simply had to train the public. It would take a while to train them through generations of cultural change to destroy original cultures. And then you bring in a thing called multiculturalism, which is no culture at all, because multiculturalism would be the excuse to push the new politically correct culture, this new culture of obedience to authority or obedience to authority. And that's what you have today. It's all about that. And they talked about that a hundred years ago. Often, often, in different biographies of the big players themselves. And you're simply living through it. So you have to accept this and, and don't get uh, terrified when you learn something new for the first time because a lot of people wake up to things that are happening. They've had, those who really wake up generally have always known something is awfully wrong from an early age. And uh, when they start to get the information to put it together, uh, some of them freak out and think, my God, you know, we must get something back. Well, let me tell you something. For generations, you haven't had your own countries. So why are you going to get back? Think about that to start with. What are you going to get back? Every country has been run by the same group for over 100 years. And they're simply going forward with more integration into regional plans and so on in preparation for the global government, which they call governance. And it's a private enterprise, really, because private corporations run 
the big system, and your governments are just their boys they put in in place, like little lackeys. Sad truth. Number two, you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and that helps me, hopefully, uh, just take by, maybe. And you can also donate as well. So if uh, you can go into this is the website, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, tells you what to do, how to get the orders. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, personal checks are still good, as are international postal money orders still good from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, you can also send cash or use PayPal, or uh, and, and across the world, I should say, you can also use um, Western Union or MoneyGram and PayPal again. Now, straight donations are really, sincerely, awfully welcome. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. And as I say, this system's been here for an awful long time and people really think it's just happened. See, what really happened was that the big boys were consolidating their grasp across the world using new lotters armies, you see. Different countries, any country will do. We should be Britain, of course, and the British Commonwealth countries to recruit from and for the empire and pushed on from there. And then they handed the, the torch over to the U.S. to, to continue it using Britain, the British Empire, as a, a basic starting point. It was already made, you see. And, uh, and they, in fact, Britain, even still, if they can't, they can't pull out of a country they actually own, technically, as part of the old Commonwealth. They still own them. They can't pull out under their own laws and rules, regulations, unless they've established the exact same system, which they call democracy, which means total control from London. Uh, and they can't pull out their troops and, and let them go to it then until that's established. Very old, old system. And, and of course, the U.S. is doing it too. They now call it democracy, even though the U.S. started off as a republic, you see. To, to stop democracy, because democracy is the easiest way for a few very rich people to take over and get the mob to do whatever they want them to do. It, they get, first they bankrupt them all till they're all helpless, and then say, you know, uh, we'll help you, we'll help you, so vote for us. And then you've got democracy. Next thing you know, you've got parades of guys and naked down the streets and stuff in certain days doing strange things with their groins, and, 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 and it all goes to hell. You see, they destroy the old culture. This is an old plan, an old, old plan to destroy all culture, to bring in this new system of obedience. And when there's no norms anymore, there's no childhood anymore, because I read an article yesterday from the mainstream, and they said basically they're doing away in some countries with sports, fitness, and so on, and concentrating totally on sexual education, down to the physical parts of it, really getting physical with children, you see. So that they'll grow up thinking that everything's okay and they better try it all because they'll be inhibited if they don't, according to psychologists. You understand, we're total, totally, being, this is social engineering to, to the extreme. And we sit back and let it happen because, because generation by generation, every generation's been degraded and degraded through entertainment primarily until they don't see anything wrong with them teaching the child the next step, you see. Very simple. They've got all the time in the world, they used to say, to do it. And that's what they've done. And you have to go into the Frankfurt School and all the other schools that came out of Vienna and, and, and Germany uh, and so on and got permission to alter the cultures 
especially in the U.S. and in in the British Empire structural system. So here we are going through it all. And at the same time, too, uh, the big boys, they, they said in their own writings, a long time ago at the Royal Institute for International Affairs, private organization that ran the, the British Empire. They were the real spies too, because uh, when during World War II, Chatham House, which was their headquarters, still is, uh, became the first head of the OSS, which became the MI6 then the CIA. So they actually used their headquarters during World War II. They're still the same. They're the highest secret service. But they also have the top uh, reporters across the world in their, in their pocket. They're all members and all the, the owners of newspapers. You've got to do that if you want to control the whole system. You standardized informational flow. And they also wanted to, to say, create these trading blocks. And then eventually the trading blocks would do pan, see, it's like the ones like pan-Pacific, for instance. And then we've got trans-Pacific trading blocks. So you, you create one trading block, and then you get it to merge with another trading block until you're all under the same laws, rules, regulations. It's not just to do with money, you see. And you're all under the same laws, and then you're under global governance. That's how it's done. And Carl Quigley, as I've mentioned many, many times, was a historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, an American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, and he disclosed all of this stuff in his own writings. And he thought at the time, it's a great idea. He was all for it. He thought the public were ready to accept this kind of domination by their betters, like himself, for instance. And you've got to read through the Anglo-American establishment that goes into it in even more detail by the same, the same man, Carol Quigley. Now, talking about uh, integration, you see, you've got to, integration happens through crisis. Create the crisis. Even World War I and II was talked about by H.G. Wells, who worked for the Fabian Society, another branch that ha- handles the left wing for the Royal Institute of International Affairs. You see? So they handle right wing and left wing. And Wells said the same thing. We need a world war to get everyone on their knees to get global government through. Then after World War One, he says, we need another war, he says. And so they got another war. And in 1948, he said the same thing. We need another war to really put it into place. So out of the first war, you had the League of Nations, then the United Nations. And who knows if the United Nations will be the final one or not. But at the moment, they're really pushing for it. But, but they lie to the public all the time. Uh, because you know, for instance, once you integrate and see a European federation as an example, you have no culture left. And that's already happened across Europe. You have no culture left pretty well. It's a, it's a mishmash and a mess. A mess. And out of, out of the chaos is supposed to come order, you see. Down the road, a new type. But they had secretive groups working in Europe since World War One, to bring about the whole integration of Europe, complete financial, economic, social integration. And they lied to the public over and over when they came up with the, oh, the common market idea. That's all the public cared about for years. It's just a common market. And every so often the prime ministers would get together and sign deeper integrations and closer ties, they called it, with their partners, which meant they were embedding us in deeper and deeper. And then eventually you came out, oh, we're actually integrated now. Here's a parliament for you, a brand new one. Oh, you have no sovereignty left. This is all done by stealth, but it's pretty well open too, if, you, if you're a thinker. So they have plans, long-range plans, 100 to 200 years plans more, always on the go.
And they've got lots of futurists on board too. The guys that you think just write science fiction, no, they're also on board with this because they're always into the future. What do you think technology is going to do? How can we use it? How can we maintain control, be in control and remain in control with all this technology and so on? So they always want to know how they can actually get more power from technology and to make sure the public don't come to rival them, basically, in the use of it. So they give you inferior stuff and, and a lot less of, of what, they're, what they're up to in the top. Now, so they're the secret of group going to, to, to build European Union in a Soviet style. It's a new Soviet, you see. It's not democratic. So they still got the group working inside them from their own employees. Now, these guys all work, remember, for the big societies that are private, like the Royal Institute for International Affairs. In fact, they're all members of it. The European Council on Foreign Relations is the branch that they belong to, these parliamentarians. So here it says, Future of Europe Group Plans... The EU integration, closer EU integration. They're talking about total integration, you understand. I've read the articles from they want a, a European passport and all this kind of stuff. They've already got where people can come in from one country and work in another country, etc. They can come from all of Europe and go to Britain and get welfare if they want and get set up. They've had that for 30 odd years. And of course the British people will pay for it all. So much so that uh, they can't even get their operations at home if you've grown up and lived there. They can't afford it, they tell you. Anyway, so the future of Europe's group plans closer EU integration. It says 11 EU countries have drawn up a plan to strengthen the 27-nation bloc. Just like the Soviet bloc, they call them blocks, right? It's called bloc. And make it a, a bigger global player. So it's all to make it a bigger global player. German Foreign Minister Guido Westerwell headed the, U- the future of Europe group which met in Poland's capital, Warsaw, on Monday. Now, these are members of people in the Union. And people don't vote them in to do this, do they? Or do they even vote them in at all? Is a question. The group which does not include the UK, yes, it will include the UK, because they've always done the same trick. When they set up the League of Nations, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the Milner Group, when they set up the, the League of Nations, uh, the U.S. Uh, didn't want to join it. The citizenry back homes did. Uh, Wilson did want to join it. He helped set it up. But the people said no. And uh, But they, they put a guy in regardless and didn't tell the public. That's also in Quigley's stuff. And other authors too. And they had voting rights as well. So Britain's definitely got a, a member in there, quite a few members. It says the European Commission, the EU's executive arm, must be stronger and its head could be directly elected. So that's so the executive arm, you see. That's going to be the strongest one of all, just like any Soviet system. The Commission has already acquired more powers of oversight in the crisis, scrutinizing national budgets to ensure compliance with EU targets. See, if you're not in charge of your own budgets anymore, and that was one of the goals that the IMF was supposed to be set up to do, to do all the country's bookkeeping eventually. They're already doing it across Europe through their brand new central bank, which is privately owned. The new controls are considered necessary to prevent any reckless accumulation of debt in the future. It's a joke. Because they all know what they're doing. The guys who own the banks, private banks, are in a big club. And they're all responsible to the Bank for International Settlement, another private organization. Besides Mr. Westerwell, the Warsaw meeting brought together the foreign ministers of Austria, Belgium, Denmark, France, Italy, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Portugal, and Poland and Spain. And the report says the EU treaties will have to be changed for some of the institutional reforms to take effect. So the whole con was to get folk into it and then, again, just keep changing the institutional uh, uh, structure through reforms consistently 
until they've got what they wanted. The end of all national sovereignty. Complete end of it. Since in the past, treaty changes have been a thorny and time-consuming issue for the EU, as voters in several countries have rejected proposals agreed by a majority of EU leaders, treaty change requires uh, unanimity amongst all 27 member states. Well, so it's right there it tells you there's no such thing as democracy. And voters in several countries have rejected proposals by, agreed by the majority of the leaders. The leaders, if they really had democracy, would listen to the voters, right? doesn't happen. It's never happened. Never happened, for goodness sake. The report says such changes could be speeded up in the future when the EU has 28 or more members by getting approval through a qualified majority instead of unanimity. And then it goes on about creating a European identity. And I'll be back with more after this break. I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the, the big system and how it really works. Because the guys a hundred years ago said this is exactly how it would be, and how they'd do it step by step, and how they'd bring in a, a, a European Commission uh, that had a, a, a higher organisation above it that was unelected. And this article touches on that too. And it says making European elections more EU-focused instead of concentrating on national issues could lead to a directly elected commission president who appoints the members of his European government himself, the report says. Isn't that going to be wonderful? It's similar to the ideas outlined by the EU commission president, uh, Manuel Barroso, in his State of the Union speech last week. So, you see, this is going to plan. And they want to do the same with the Americas. And we're already doing it. The U.S. and Canada is already doing it in Mexico with this Trans-Pacific Partnership, too. We're getting amalgamated into that. That's also secretive. They won't tell you what it's all about. So they might, and you call yourself democracies. What a joke. You've never known democracy. You've never had it. All you had, as I say, when people want to go back to the past at a rosier time, is when you didn't have the cameras watching you. You had lots of covert uh, observation on you. You didn't know it at the time. But you certainly had it, and even Jacques E. Lull talked about that, and he was a philosopher, but he says since the 1950s, every individual in the first world countries is under intense scrutiny by their governments and various agencies, and they're completely oblivious of it. Because we're awfully important, you see, to see if you're actually dumb or you're thinking at all. And I'm not kidding about that. Right down to your local street areas, that little spies and streets and everything since the 50s onwards, to make sure that they collected gossip and, and reports into certain police commissioners every so often. And now it's in the open, of course, and you're spied by your computers and all the technology they've handed to you. That's what they gave it to you for. Anyway, that should say, internationally, the EU needs to have more co- coherence and impact reports. says calling for a strengthened European External Action Service. Oh, the EEAS. The EU's diplomatic service, and it's headed by Baroness Ashton, oh God, from the UK, Baroness Ashton. So everything is deception, but it's all to, to plan. These guys talked about this exact same strategy a hundred years ago. Step by step by step. It'll take 25 years to get the public to accept this, and there are 25 to, to destroy their culture doing it this way, and there are 25 years, and here we all are. So what you're looking 
backwards to when you want to go back to a better time is when you didn't have such much so, so, so much overt overt um, observation of yourself. You could travel pretty freely, and uh, and you, you could make more personal decisions. Children were free to walk about without getting molested with pervs, and, and all this kind of stuff as well. You know, you could have a natural childhood, in other words. Instead of getting the, the state coming down on them and into the sexual roles when they're five and six years old. So we're, we're all tampered with now. Everyone's been tampered with physically. I'm talking about physically through genetic engineering because we're all eating the, the rubbish that they give us. It's, all this genetic engineering has got a big, big part to do with your health today because it's also bringing down the populations. They're not asking for volunteers to, to who wants to go first. They simply, they have world meetings about it, and they don't make wish lists up and, and send it off to Santa Claus. They put it into effect. Everything is run covertly and by deception, or they'd have riots everywhere. Another article to put up is the role of the U.S. Federal Reserve from the Council on Foreign Relations. You know, the, the boys that are just the branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which is, which is set up by international bankers to begin with. So this is from their point of view, then what they want you to believe, you see. And um, I'll put this article up, and all these articles up at the end of the night, so cutting through the com. And there's another article here, it says here, um, the Fed now owns your f- uh, foreclosed property under the QE3. I should think that was Queen Elizabeth III, I mean, uh, purchases of toxic assets, it says. On ABC's This Week, George Will, columnist for the propaganda news outlet Washington Post, spoke out against Ben Bernanke, chairman of the Federal Reserve, and his decision to instill the QE3, which is essentially the government printing money. As Will pointed out, that this latest move is covert trickle-down economics, where citizens are forced to invest in equities in order to continue to prop up the economy to perpetuate the false sense of reality the American public lives under. Last week, Bernanke announced that the Fed would purchase $40 billion in toxic assets called mortgage-backed securities per month. Well, this scheme will devastate the U.S. dollar's value by the very act of printing more money. There's a secret bailout of certain financial institutions occurring under the radar. The QE3 serves as a regressive redistribution program for the banksters who are enjoying a surge in their wealth under current economic conditions. The Federal Housing Finance Administration recently announced that strategic defaulters, that is, those homeowners who have abandoned their mortgage because they could not continue to make the monthly payments, will be jailed for this crime. The FHFA, that's the Federal Housing Finance Administration, uh, oversees Freddie and Fannie uh, Makeback the mortgage corporation owned by the U.S. government. The FHFA are focusing their efforts on criminally persecuting all American citizens who abuse the FHFA programs by walking away from their foreclosure. So you can't even walk away from this, this stuff anymore. Morgan Stanley is a financial institution that took the mortgage-backed securities and offered their derivatives across the global market. Recently, Morgan Stanley's stocks have been dramatically dropping and they blame the securitized loans and derivatives as a cause of this plunge into insolvency. This reversal of the crash of 2008 ensures that the banksters get paid. The problem up of the stock market continues, while subversive measures committed today will cause the fall of the American economy in a few short years. Not bad, eh? Since Freddie and Fannie Mae were given $187 billion by the taxpayers to keep them afloat. <laughs> Corporate welfare. Back with more after this.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the foreclosures and, and the banks and all the rest of it and how it's all a big cons job, really. But it says one out of 200 homes will be foreclosed upon. This is what the FDIC has reported. This is what's going to happen in the next month or so. 250,000 new households enter foreclosure every three months. Six out of ten homeowners are delinquent in their mortgage. Well, most, most of them are actually losing their jobs if they had one to start with. But they're bailing out the banks. It says here, as I've mentioned before, that they're just throwing money at the big guys who caused it all in the first place and were jacking up the prices and selling them off to the next bank. The next bank kept jacking up the prices. As I say, Freddie and Fannie and May were given $187 billion by the taxpayers to keep them afloat, and the FHFA have begun sending out their investigators to seek out those strategic defaulters in a fear-mongering campaign to ensure homeowners remain in debt to the banks and ultimately the U.S. government under directives given by the central banking cartels. You're run completely by private corporations. They, they are the boss. They're the bosses. They're the bosses, and they run your governments. That's the way that the Royal Institute for International Fields set it up with the central banks. So it's going to get worse and worse and worse, but, but that's the big stick is the banking system, and it'll never change because they run the world, you understand. They run your governments. It was set up on purpose that way. And another thing that's bringing down the health of the public, there's so many articles about it, so many studies... You get sick of reading the studies that are just confirmed what you already know. But this one here is about the UK government. Now, the big thing, even when they set up the League of Nations, you see, when they said that scientists would, would help the, the dominant minority run the world on behalf of the bankers, but the scientists would make it happen, make it all possible. And they did say the League of Nations in 1919 that they would vaccinate everybody across the planet by law. You'd have to get it. And they're still pushing for all this stuff by law. Most of it's already here, as you know. You, you see your children getting sicker, and generation after generation will get sicker and sicker. Anyway, announcing UK government uh, as is considering mandatory whooping cough vaccine for new, newborns. Newborns. And this goes on is to talk about how safe or unsafe it is to give newborn babies this vaccination. It was first introduced to the UK in the 1940s. DPT is a vaccination for diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus. As his, since the introduction of the vaccination, the whooping cough element in particular has caused huge controversy and outrage amongst parents and professors alike. It's due largely to serious adverse reactions being reported, including convulsions, neurological disorders, and sudden infant death syndrome. Used to blame the parents for all the time. You end up with uh, literally little, little petechia, you get little hemorrhages out through, throughout the brain. Oh, you've, you've shaken the baby. They say, no, it's actual inoculations. During the 60s, 70s, 80s, various documents proved that a number of doctors, pediatricians, and neuro- neurologists were writing up the government outlining cases of seizures and mental retardation, as it was called at the time, following vaccinations. In January 1968, B.D. Bauer, a consultant pediatrician from the Radcliffe's Infirmary, wrote a letter to Dr. Seeley, Minister of Health, stating, following our telephone conversation about reactions to pertussis vaccination, I'm giving you the data on which my remarks about the risk of severe brain damage are based. A little further on in his letter, Bauer states, In 1964, my colleagues, Dr. Peter Jevons, and I published a monograph on infantile spasms. 
and it gives you the actual uh, line for it, the actual one you can find it at. It says, and this we discussed the relevance of immunization to the tragic infantile spasms, mental subnormality syndrome, they called it. It was well known and all hushed up. And I'll put this link up tonight too. He goes on and on with lots of good information for those who, because you've all been trained through, mainly again, like Jack's Yellow says, you're trained through fiction and dramas on television. Anything to do with cops and the justice system is all propaganda and the medical industry. All, all your, your dramas and your movies that you watch, it's, when you make it all glamorous and all that, it's all propaganda, folks. So that you'll, you'll do what you're told. This doctor says, oh, I need to get all these ten different vaccinations. Okay, okay. Then they get a fever, and then they're autistic. And you all think it's normal. This is interesting too, because I've talked about xenoestrogens, and the bisphenol A's, and the various other uh, things that are into your systems through the food industry. Remember what they said, as I mentioned before, um, the next million years by Charles Galton Darwin, the physicist and, and descent of Charles Darwin. He said that we'll put hormones, will alter the male, especially uh, not to be a male anymore, then they won't fight the system. And he says, well, we just put the hormones and in, in, inject it into them, we'll put it in their food, we'll put it in their water. Well, I newly discovered reason to avoid fast food and popcorn. It says, and this, this one's called perfluoroalkyls, they call it which are chemicals used to keep grease leaking, leaking through fast food wrappers. And it says uh, fast food wrappers are being ingested by people through their food and showing up as contaminants in the blood. It says these particular ones are stable synthetic chemicals that repel oil, grease and water used in surface protection treatments and coatings for packages. The specific chemical studies were, and it says polyfluoroalkyls, phosphate, esters, PAPs for sure, which are the breakdown products of the perfluorinated carboxylic acids used in coating the food wrappers. By the way, they also put nanotechnology in there too, for those who don't know. And so it says here, uh, there are chemicals used to keep grease from leaking through and so on. And they're stable synthetics, so on and so on. But it also says that they're related to the estrogens as well, for those who don't know it. And you're dosing yourself up in estrogen, all you guys out there. Now, maybe some of you now want to, I don't know, it's, it's strange things going on, but uh, personally, I, I think you really wouldn't want that stuff in your system. But now it's in your bloodstream now, you know. And it says, um, it's not just the PFOAs and PFOSs that show up. The CDC's fourth national report on human exposure to environmental chemicals, 2009, which is considered the most comprehensive assessment to date of the exposure of, of the population to chemicals in the environment, detected a total of 12 different types of these particular uh, perfluorinated compounds, PFCs, in Americans tested. 12 different kinds. And uh, it's quite a long article, so I'll put this up with all the different links for those who actually care anymore. You know, because a lot of folk don't care. Once you're dumbed down to a certain extent with all the stuff and, and garbage you're putting into yourself and injections that you're taking, because that's the intention of it all, folks, then you, you'll never get it. You're, you're beyond redemption. You, you're just too far gone. And you can see that in the eyes of a lot of people out there already, they're too far gone. They've been completely poisoned. Completely poisoned. Now, I've also always mentioned that the big plan, of course, was always to um, create uh, these amalgamations like the EU, for instance, these trading blocks. 
the big boys at, at who the built the, the who created the Milner Group and and the Royal Institute for International Affairs CFR, they funded completely the whole Soviet Union from the beginning when it was a Bolshevik group that was in and, and stayed in actually, and heavily funded all through the existence of the Soviet era. And the same with China. If you think China is a different country altogether, and it's not run by the same boys, Japa Gumtree, as they say. It's the same boys running China too. And yeah, they'll, they'll rattle the war drums once in a while to make you scared, so you must amalgamate further into global government, you see. But one of the things that proves it's all a scam, it was a few years ago when Britain gave up its lease on Hong Kong to China. It was a 99-year lease. Now, when they made that lease, it was almost signed into law and all the rest of it, uh, but it was, it was not with a communist government. They didn't have that government near then. But they still honoured it, you see. Isn't that interesting? And China has recently obtained the rights for a 30-year lease of the, the, the Chongjin port in North Korea, the Global Times reported September 12th. North Korea, you know, that supposed big enemy. The lease aims to boost trading between China, South Korea, Russia, Japan, for the resurgence of a regional economy in China's northeastern area, reported uh, Jun Ang Ilbo, a South Korean newspaper, on September the 11th. So they've got the port in North Korea. See, it's all a joke. It's all a joke, folks. By the way, North Korea's got the atomic bomb. Strange they're not after that, isn't it? But they're kind of far away from, you know, a certain country in the Middle East. According to Jun Jiang Ilbo, China's investments in the port total uh, 9.34 million uh, euro or 12.01 million dollars. So it's more than half of the port's aggregated euro, 15.46 million of reported investments, with the rest coming from North Korea. So you see, if, if they're really a dangerous bunch of guys that are going to go off in a different direction, would, would they be trading with them? Do you really think so? No, of course they wouldn't. So everything's going according to schedule, as I say. Now, part of the big system that the Milner Group talks about, and they got lots of uh, futurists, and they, they hired lots of uh, writers to put this out, and, of course, they created psychology, and they, put, they promoted Freud, by the way, um, was to eliminate certain religions from the planet. Not all of them, but, but most of them. And Christianity had to go because it gave a common set of morals to people, even if they weren't following it so much in, in religiously. They still had a common culture, and common cultures had to be destroyed. Most common cultures are run by religion, into religious values. So Christianity had to be destroyed. Now, here's an article here. Colorado school, a Colorado school has seized rosary beads from a student, and they called them a gang symbol. A gang symbol, folks. Officials at Colorado High School reportedly confiscated rosary beads from a student, claiming the religious necklace is affiliated with gangs and disruptive to learning. This is Manuel Vigil, a 16-year-old junior at Thompson Valley High School in Loveland, said administrators offered no explanations when they received, received the rosary beads twice since school started three weeks ago, Fox affiliates said. They tell me I can't wear them, and adding that he wears the beads to protect himself from harm. He said, I use them for prayer. I feel safe when I have them on. He says, officials have a claim the religious necklace is not safe for school. That's typical not what we want for a safe environment for school. Thompson Valley School District spokesman Margaret Crespo told KDBR. She claims, or he or whoever it is, um, claims that the school gave Vigil two options before confiscating the beads. She said administrators asked him to either take them off or put them inside his shirt. Can you believe that? This is in the U.S., 
He says, you're not giving as an alternative that, uh, than to remove it, Crespo claims. But Virgil said he only got a demand from the school. If he would have given me that option, I would have put it in my shirt, he says. But you really, I mean, have you seen what they all wear outside their shirt? I mean, did, did you, and they're just, you know, they don't want you to wear this. They've got everything else there. Huh? Some people wear gang symbols and it's carved into their body. You can better think about that. Think about it. What are you going to do with that? So, I wonder how many folk will even catch on to that one. But anyway, it says, don't stick taxpayers with underfunded corporate pensions. It says, when Congress passed a transportation bill in July, it included important changes to rules governing corporate pensions. Unfortunately, these changes will allow companies to underfund their pension plans, which will cost taxpayers down the road. It's just a moving everything onto the taxpayer as usual. As usual, uh, with bad pension policy, the rules involve a complex accounting issue. In this case, it's discounting the process by which a pension actually determines how many assets a fund must have today to cover payments that come due in the future. For example, imagine a pension fund owes a payment of $105 in one year. If the fund applies a discount rate of 5%, it must hold $100 today for that obligation to be fully funded. Pension fund uses discount rates matched to yields on high-quality corporate bonds in order to stimulate the risk experienced by corporate pensioners. As with a bond, corporations are generally obligated to make their pension payments in full unless they go bankrupt. So they go through all the scams that they do, all this, how they make it complicated to try and lose you, you see. But, but which really means that they're going to scam as much money from the pension fund as they can and use it for other things. And then when it comes due, they'll hit the government for the cash instead, the taxpayer. As simple as that. Anything that starts to get complicated with mathematics and money is a con. Anything at all, folks. Because it's very, very simple. Basic arithmetic is very, very simple. But it becomes complicated. It's a scam. This is a great article here because it's to do with eugenics. And I've mentioned before that in Britain, for instance, uh, when you go into a hospital, they'll size up your social value to your area. You know, what's your social standing? What's your value to the to society nowadays? And they'll put you on a resuscitate or do not resuscitate order at the end of your bed, if you, you're not worth much at all, you see. Especially if you're elderly. It doesn't matter how fit you've been, but if you go and have, have an arrest there, a cardiac arrest, they aren't going to resuscitate you. Do not resuscitate. But if you're the mayor, of course, they will, you see, or certain other people of, of value. But it says a man with Down syndrome is suing the National Health Service Trust over a hospital's decision to issue a do not resuscitate order, giving his disability as one of the reasons. So there you are. There you, right off the bat, you see, eugenics. The instruction not to attempt resuscitation in the event of a cardiac or respiratory arrest was issued without his family's knowledge. Their lawyers described the order's blatant discrimination. East Kent Hospitals University Foundation Trust says it complied fully with guidelines from professional bodies. Well, who are these professional bodies? The family of the man who could be identified only as AWA because of a court order remained unaware of the do not resuscitate decision until he'd returned from hospital to his care home. The DNR form issued while he was in hospital in Margate a year ago was listed as an indefinite decision, meaning it would cover the duration of his stay in hospital with no provision for review. He says he had a good way of life now, but somebody wasn't prepared to give him the time of day. He says the reasons given were Down syndrome, unable to swallow, 
percutaneous endoscopic gastrostopy, gastrostomy, as you say, bed bounds, learning difficulties. So AWA 51 has, 51 years old, has dementia and was having a special tube fitted to help him with feeding. The form says there was no discussion with his next of kin because they were unavailable, but the family says they visited him in hospital virtually every day and a care from his home sometimes attended too. One of AWA's close relatives who's pursuing the deal on his behalf said, until his dementia started three years ago, he had a really hectic social life. He loved parties, discos and going to church. He was, maybe it's in the church partner after him, I kill him for that. He was looked after at home for as long as possible, but then we got him into a nice care home. And his health deteriorated a bit, he had eating problems and couldn't swallow, so the decision was taken to have a peg inserted so he could receive medication, foods and liquids. So anyway, that's what they did. They put him down when they got him in the hospital as do not resuscitate. In other words, they take, they take a quick look at you. What's your value to society? Oh, he's, he's Down syndrome, you know. And remember the, the, the definition at the United Nations of a good global citizen is someone who is a producer and a consumer. You've got to be both, you see. So good luck to this guy and I hope he sues the pants off them. Because it doesn't stop just there. There will be many other categories too they have. And, of course, life is dirt cheap now for those who haven't f- figured it out. It's very expe- it's very good for those at the top. They're very important people. It doesn't matter how old they are. But you, down below, you have to be trained and taught. Remember Obama, he talked about the money that cost EPP so keep his old grandmother uh, alive could be used in better ways. So she's, he started to push that, remember, in the States as well. Of course, they're not trying to kill you, but Hep B vaccine damages the liver that it's supposed to protect, it says. New evidence published in the journal Apostosis indicates that Hepatitis B vaccine, which is designed to prevent Hepatitis B virus-induced damage to the liver, actually causes liver cell damage itself. New studies done. Back with more after this. Which is a mistake, of course. It's not deliberate. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. And what a matrix is, isn't it? With massive deception and double speak and everything else and chronology. The art of chronology is the oldest art there is for managing populations and living very well on top of them. Now here's an article too to do with countries that haven't had independence for centuries. They give them pseudo independence, which is no independence at all, it's a joke. Like Scotland, for instance, the World Stoning Skimming Championships held each year in Scotland Island. That's where you throw a stone at the water and see if you can skim. No kidding you. So that's all you get in Scotland. It's a very poor country. You can't afford anything else. Are under threat due to a row between the organisers and the landowner. The event listed as one of the most un, uh, unmissable experiences in Europe is due to happen on Eastdale this weekend. But the owner of the disused quarry where it's staged wants to cha- charge a land use fee for the first time in its 15 year history. The organiser told the BBC Scotland the competition would go ahead as planned. See, Scotland practices this because, you see, it was used for military, just like the US is used today by the London government. They recruited all the guys uh, and gave them kilts and everything and had them go overseas to fight for the British Empire, which they did awfully well. They've been all Canada today if it wasn't for the, for, for the Highlanders that were sent into Quebec, you know, in Ottawa, you know. And the Heights of Abraham, they called it. It was, it was the Fraser Highlanders that actually took it when the English couldn't manage it. 
and, and all over the world. But of course, they've no nothing of their own, you see. Just, they've been wrung dry. So the only way they can stop boats getting into Scotland is by skipping these stones over the water. You see, that's the only weapons they've got left. Because there's tax to the hilt. There's nothing left there. Anyway, it says here, the landowner and Elaine Isdale Community Trust are embroiled in a dispute after he demanded the land use fee and asked to see a copy of the trust's public liability insurance. So there's a big disappointment and so on and so on and so on. This guy owns the island. This guy. Now who is this guy? Well, he's called Clive Fiegenbaum. You know, he's a really Scottish guy. And his daddy was way up there. You know, with the big boys. And the big boys do that. It doesn't matter. But socks, if you know sovereignty at all, they sell off your islands. They can sell off chunks of your land. And they did. With people on it too. Don't forget. And this is the 21st century, eh? But it says, in 1970, Bomb was expelled from the trade body for stamp dealers, the Philatelic Society, Trader Society, for selling labels resembling stamps without indicating they were not genuine postage stamps. In 1984, he reapplied for admission but withdrew his application before it could be considered following adverse press comments about his business affairs. In 1971, he was charged with 14 counts of receiving and dishonestly handling stolen stamps and proofs. J.F.A. Mackay, James E. Mackay and George Bass were also charged in connection with the same matter. It was from James Mackay that Fiegenbaum, or Fiegenbaum had received the stolen items. Fiegenbaum, who denied the charges, was cleared on the judge's directions. Why? Because it's a very important way up there, you see. Fiegenbaum became involved in a dispute with the U.S. Customs Service about whether 20% duty applied to gold stamps of Staffa, imported into the United States. The stamps were to commemorate the United States bicentenary, bicentenary were in sets of up to 13 priced at $20 each. So this guy was ripping everybody off with all these fake, these fake stamps. But you see, Fiegenbaum's daddy was awfully wealthy with a big international corporation. And he's awfully, he's awfully well, and um, he's members of the only Jewish cricket club in London. Not bad for some, eh? From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you. <laughs>